This call is being recorded. Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. You're joined by Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. It is a little before midnight on Thursday, May 12th, and the Dallas Mavericks just delivered me a wonderful birthday present by beating the absolute hell out of the Phoenix Suns, 113-86, to uh, forcing a pivotal Game 7 uh, and ridiculous stats that mean nothing. The Mavericks now uh, improve to 4-0 on my birthday. Uh, ever, <laughs> which it's just like a fun, stupid thing. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing pretty good. I feel like a lot of trends continued with this game. Your birthday stat. I think you had the stat that the Mavs are what over uh, on TNT, but three and zero on ESPN. Yeah, mm-hmm. that continued. Um, the insane rate at which home teams are winning games in this series continued. It just. It's just a crazy series all the way around. It's hard to well, even talk about it anymore for me personally. Well, I want to, before we kind of re, I mean, I mean, there's not really much to say about this game in terms of a recap other than the Mavericks took the lead and never lost it. I'm pretty yep. sure. Yep. Which, which is what happened in games three and four. <laughs> and, and I don't really even know how to talk about this game outside of like, you know, talking about some statistical markers, but compared to the other games, this game felt, and please tell me this could just be recency bias. This felt like a game the Mavericks won a hell of a lot more than it did the Suns lost. Um, and I think a couple of those other games, like game three in particular, felt like one the Suns could have won, and they just didn't. And then the Mavericks put the put the foot on the gas in this game, defensively forced a lot of crazy shit. And I, I, I of course, you know, I'm ta- I just said it's probably recency bias, but man, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to say because it's it's obvious the Mavericks. You don't win a playoff game by this many points unless you played well. Um, the Mavericks right. obviously played well, and they obviously did some good things, especially on the defensive end. But man, I mean, having said that, how many if Phoenix had 22 turnovers, how many of those were the gym, them just giving the ball, like just? Giving the ball to the Mavericks or I mean, dribbling it off a foot. Like the the way Parker and Paul were terrible. 13 yeah. turnovers between the two of them. Yeah. The way in which the road team, uh, the road team in every game this series, it's not just that like that they're they're like overmatched or something, but it's like mm-hmm. it's like every it's like every game this series, the road team comes out for warm-ups and gets monstered right before tip-off. Like it's just like they look the other like the like the Suns looked rattled and like shaky and and like not ready for the moment. Like their role players were missing under forty percent. Yeah, I mean credit the Mavs up for for yeah. some of some of that, but some of it, I mean the Suns just look like a team wholly unprepared to play, which is what they look like in Game Three, which is what they look like in Game Four, and the Mavericks look like in Game Five and and parts of Games One and Two. It's just a weird series. Yeah, and I you know. Just to kind of cover a little bit, this was a really uncomfortable first half for me right up until the Mavericks were leading by 17 points. But <laughs> the the Mavericks, it really felt like they were missing opportunities in the first half. Luca missed, I want to say, three shots at the rim that are just bunnies for him. Uh, lots of free throws missed. Um, and the Suns, you know, were just kind of, uh, Booker played pretty well in the first quarter and then proceeded to hide for, you know, two full quarters. And it it just felt like, for me, up until about maybe three minutes left in the second quarter, the Suns were going to do Suns things and make a run. And the Mavericks did, and this is something that's probably going to be more obvious to me on a rewatch, 
the Mavericks did some very, like, very, like, kind of the stuff that happened to Luca, to be honest, in game five, where it's like they're sending doubles at points in the shot clock that seem to throw the Suns off collectively, really, you know, resulting in some yeah. of those really baffling turnovers. It seemed like that there were just Mavericks flying all over the court on defense. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, this isn't a unique observation. Other people had this observation during the game, but, you know, Dorian was guarding Chris Paul for parts of this game and Bullock was on Booker and they kind of switched things up. And mm -hmm. uh, Dorian kind of played a little bit like <laughs> Mikhail Bridges in this game, where it's not having a great game. Yeah, since yeah. he was guarding Paul, um, he was able to roam a little bit because, I mean, Dude, Paul is not shooting. He's not shooting in this series. I mean, he shot well today, but he only took seven shots. And so he want like Paul wants to pass. He wants mm -hmm. to operate in the pick and roll and pick you apart at this stage of his career. He's not, you know, he's not, you know, the Chris Paul from from 2008 that would put up, you know, 28 or 30 in, in a playoff game. I mean, he could still but he's still busted it out a couple times in these playoffs, but I think if, you know, at this stage of his career, he wants to set up Booker and Bridges and Aiden and, and all these weapons that the Suns have. And the Mavs are just kind of like, all right. And they just left, left Paul kind of alone and they shaded more of their defense towards Booker. They tried to make Booker a playmaker and Booker had three assists and eight turnovers. And, and then you go down the line and, and all of a sudden the rest of the Suns role players don't look uh, as great when Paul isn't kind of being able to, to dictate the terms of the game. Right. Yeah. So you know, Cam Johnson looked pretty bad. Bridges looked pretty bad. You know, the only one that that uh, of the you know non Paul Booker you know Suns players looked okay was Aiton, um, and and but otherwise, no one else showed up for them. Uh, and I think the way the Mavericks guarded them had a lot to do with that. Well, and I want to I want to mention something about Booker's turnovers. Luca picked him. I want to say it was like three minutes into the second quarter, like just stripped him, like like you know one of those kind of lunges that he occasionally gets his butt kicked for for like trying to take and after that booker saw ghosts the rest of the game where luca was kind of hover like luca had got a couple of kicked balls off of um booker passes mm -hmm. booker like did this weird like drive in the lane where he where i thought he was going to shoot it and then he threw it and like luca or brunson i can't remember just sort of like took it from him and went the other way and it was really like I've not seen Booker that discombobulated. I mean, I, maybe maybe it's just been a while since since Game Three and Game Four in my brain, but it was really <laughs> strange to see Booker that off kilter. And I don't know, I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, and I think this goes back to the fact that this is a Mavericks team that, for the first time in forever, they have two legitimate wing defenders. And I mean, mm -hmm. how often have we? I feel like I mean, this is a new point. We've said this a lot. Uh, this season and in, the, in these playoffs, but it bears repeating like in previous Maverick seasons, when we've lamented how they kind of can get scorched by a certain type of player and it's really Dorian on an Island and, and teams kind of have an ability to, to screen and pick and choose and, and hunt and target. And when you've got Finney Smith and Bullock each able to play 40 minutes and, and play really high quality, high level defense, it makes it way harder for these teams that rely on, you know, that are trying to rely on hunting mismatches and, and, and working their sets uh, to execute. And like the Mavericks just make it a little bit harder. They just, they just didn't have that last year. And it just, it makes such a big difference. Cause like it, think about if this Mavericks team 
at last season was trying to match up with the Suns team right now, like Finney Smith would be like trying to plug holes like a whack-a-mole, like going from Booker to Paul uh, and just kind of back and forth. And now they can put a quality defender on Paul and a quality defender on Booker. And it makes things so much easier for these other guys that might not be as stout defensively, but seem to have bought into, you know, the team concept. So well, I think also, that's where, where, where it starts. There's also this, this hilarious secret sauce that has no business in working and, and friend of the show, Dalton Trigg jokingly said this into a, in a DM I'm in with him where he said, you know, the series turned around when Josh Green got sat and yep. there's some truth in that. Cause Frank Nilakin has come in 21 minutes tonight, man had four steals. And you know four fouls, but it's four like good fouls. Like I don't feel like you know one of the things. This is uh, it's not a Josh Green kicking podcast, but it's like Josh Green makes the kind of fouls where I'm just like I don't know if you've played competitive basketball enough. Whereas Frank will make fouls that are like okay, you're getting worked by Chris Ball, and I don't feel bad about this. It's 21 minutes stealing. You know I, I would like to see Frank Nilakina play at like 10 to 12 minutes and give guys rest. Frank getting 21 minutes tonight is more indicative of the score, but it's. It's just really impressive. And he's, an, you know, it, he's another guy that's going to you know, like flummox kind of the, the the shorter Chris Paul and Booker. You know, he has a huge wingspan. That's one of the things everybody always liked about Frank. You know, I don't really know if he's – he might not even be an NBA player next year. But it, he's got this, like, these tools and these measurables to where you're like, okay, if he just figures out a couple of things, maybe he can be like an eighth, ninth man. And the kid going with him – was has been really interesting and the fact that it's paid off is pretty fantastic yeah it's been the only adjustment the mavericks have made uh mm-hmm. from a rotation standpoint the only one they can make there's like no one well, like, like someone was like hey we play trey burke over dinwiddie and it's like guys if we're down that bad we might as well just pack up our bags <laughs> well they can they can change like you know i mean the, the obvious one is start maxi and have pal come off the bench for his seven minutes instead of starting you know starting i think that's one that they just aren't gonna I, it's pretty clear they're just not gonna go to that um yeah for for well i mean they've got their own reasons but yeah it's the only change i don't know if talking about frank is hard i probably need to rewatch it he did have four steals but i mean the man has scored nine points yeah but it's, 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 it's the little <laughs> things is all where it's just like like he's in the game and if you don't notice he's in the game that's a win that is a win they just i mean how many times do we talk about in the utah series sure where like they just needed someone to steal minutes for, for Bullock and Finney Smith, and you're right. Like this is, he's doing exactly his job. Uh, well, and and you just hit on another guy who played. I mean, again, recency bias, but Reggie Bullock feels among you know he played 40 minutes, had 19 points, seven rebounds, played some fantastic post defense when he got switched on to Aiton. Uh, you know, he was five of 11 from three. He had uh, you know, he had a couple of steals himself. Just a real like hit three offensive rebounds reggie bullock had three offensive rebounds and it's just he 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 does everything it's asked of him and you know we thought he might have gone down last game until we heard you know right at the end of the game like we thought he was out with like a non-contact knee injury so it's like for him to come back and play a game like this i mean he was terrible in phoenix today i'm pretty sure he was zero for five yep i mean role players are just the role the this the difference in role player performance home and road for both teams is (laughs) pretty it's funny cr- yeah it's crazy it's, i mean it's, it's deciding the series where yeah. like you know we don't i don't want to look ahead to game seven i think we, you and i should settle and maybe reconvene and talk about game seven tomorrow but yeah. it's funny because it's like i don't want to put any damper on this but it's like the Mavericks have played so bad in phoenix <laughs> i know i mean if you follow the trend of, i mean as confident as i was the mavericks were going to win this game and i've been 
You were. Probably, you were on probably, it in the middle of the first quarter. You're like, this feels fine. And I'm yeah. just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and as much I, – I don't normally toot my own horn. I'm, probably, I'm doing that a little bit too much right now on Twitter. But nah, I don't care. as much as I'm confident – yeah, as much as I was confident in this game, I mean, it's probably the same reasons I'm not going to be as confident in Game 7 because, I mean – how can you argue? I mean, every the home team has won comfortably every single game. We haven't had a clutch. We haven't had a clutch game yet. Uh, that's bananas. I don't. I can't remember the last time a, a seven game series did not have one clutch game going into game seven. I, I mean, mm-hmm. someone's going to look up that stat. And I mean, it's, it's got to. It's something. this is just so funny because when we're talking about the game the other night, we basically went person by person. Was like this person was terrible. This person was terrible. <laughs> this person was, and we could really do that with like the whole like element of the rotation guys. Like, you know, we've not mentioned. I mean, Dorian probably he played a good defensive game, but like Brunson yep. was steady. Got the line six times. He missed all three three-pointers. I want to say he is shooting three of 16 on threes Ooh. in this series. Like, crazy. I, oh, I bring that up to say, like, there, t- there's an argument to be made that he's due. Because it's like, yeah. he's not, you know, Luca has been, he was three of 18 before this game. Now he's five of 26 over the last three games. And the Suns are letting him and Brunson have these shots. So it's like, you know... Uh, one basketball game, weird stuff can happen is what is, is is where I am. Yeah. I mean, the Mavericks won this game by 27 points and didn't it feel a little bit like they left some meat on the bone? A like, lot of meat on the bone. Uh, I mean, they shot, they ended up shooting 41% from three, but Luca, like Luca and Brunson combined to go two of 11. Well, and our man, our, our Mr. Game Six, as I'm going to refer to him for the rest of the playoffs, Spencer Dinwoody hit five of seven yeah. from three. And I, I put this out on Twitter. I'm going to repeat it here. In non-game sixes in the playoffs, Spencer is shooting 12 of 44 from three. That's 27%. In game sixes, he is shooting nine of 14, which is 64%. It's crazy. It's real. Like, and his shot tonight looked good. It, like, really confident. Like, the the kind of, he has a slow release. And the Suns have just been kind of seeding three-pointers. I don't, I don't entirely get it. Well, I think it's just tough because they play with a conventional big man on the floor the entire game. I mean, they have not gone to a small ball lineup yet. And Mm. I mean, the Mavericks are five out right now when they don't play Powell and Powell played 17 minutes outside of those 17 minutes. They were they were five out the whole game. So, I mean, as good as the Suns are. If you're playing a big against Dallas, the Mavericks are going to get threes up. And it's just a matter of are they going to hit them or not? I mean, they've been consistently shooting about almost 43s a game. Uh, you know, game five was why they, you know, look so weird. They shot 32, and that's like a low number for them. And uh, yeah. I mean, at a certain point, the, the Suns are, it's hard for the Suns to outrun the math. I mean, they got outscored again at the three point line. The Mavericks made 10 more three pointers uh, than the Suns. I mean, it's just. 22 turnovers for the Suns. I mean, the <laughs> it's just crazy. I mean, the Mavericks shot 15 more free throws uh, than the Suns, and they still were about even in overall field goal attempts, which usually if you have such a huge free throw attempt discrepancy, like you you usually the, the field goal attempts kind of swing the other way, you know, naturally because you're getting fouled mm-hmm. instead of putting up shots. But the fact that the field goal attempts were, e- were basically even and the Mavericks got – 15 more foul shots like man i mean it was just i mean it was just dominant i don't know what else to say and the suns fell apart and it just comes back to you know game seven 
can they get the role, you know, can they get the role players to do this on the road? They just haven't been able to do that yet. Well, I mean, we got a couple of great stats for that. Yeah. First of all, in closeout games in his career, <laughs> Luka, Luka Doncic is averaging 39 points a game in uh in potential and basically no, not in closeout games in uh what is elimination it? In games? Elimination games, yeah. Yep. And then this was my favorite one. I pissed off my buddy Matt Moore with this one just because he's <laughs> kind of tired of Luca this offseason. I get it. But in uh, in game sevens on the road, Luca in his playoff career is averaging 46 points, seven rebounds, and 14 assists now. <laughs> he's only played one of those such games. But <laughs> I just felt like throwing that number out into existence because Luca was so freaking good against the Clippers last year. It just didn't matter because the Clippers were that much better. Now, I I, I kind of think we should we we should sort of reconvene and see what we think about about you know kind of what your analysis of the game is and maybe like let this rest because I don't think the Mavericks are going to play until Sunday. Uh, it'll be the first two day yep. period of rest that they've had since before the series, which in my opinion benefits the Suns. Because uh, Chris Paul has been warmed over ass the last three games, he had something <laughs> yeah. like thirty-one points. I can't find it in our Slack. It's like thirty-one points, seventeen, uh, yeah, seventeen turnovers and fifteen fouls. He's been bad. Yeah, he's been very bad. Um, I was gonna say uh, before we go because I could tell we're kind of winding down. Yeah. Uh, Luca was two of four at the rim in Game Five. He was six of eight at the rim tonight. We probably, you know. For as much Luka discourse has been out there uh, in the 48 hours since game five, I feel like we need to maybe talk about it a little bit before. All, I mean, what, he made 11 shots. Nine of them were in the paint. So yep. six at the rim, three. And he the, knows this, too. Outside the, <laughs> he just doesn't want the – he doesn't want the physicality. Like, I've been arguing with people where it's like, I get that people don't like it that Luka complains. The problem is that the refs do not give him the calls because he is as strong as any player in the league when driving, and he doesn't love getting hammered. I, like, who does? You Like, there was the, the play where he cooked Aiton and got to the rim and Aiton um, goaltended. Do you remember this one? Yep. It's like yep. third, third, fourth quarter. Yep. Aiton probably fouled him three times on that play, <laughs> and they just, they just don't call it because him and Aiton are so – physically strong together that they just are deciding okay we're gonna let this one go and i get it i really do get it but luca just gets sick of this and you know as he ages into as you know as he ages into a star you know like his true prime i think the thing for him this gets back into like the elements of being not only like not only in better cardiovascular shape but he's gonna have to continue to get stronger because the season changed for the mavericks when he got like mid-December, late December, like kind of as he's coming back from injury, I was at this Oklahoma City game where he's just like, all right, I'm going to have to truck to the rim on repeat. That's, I know he doesn't love it because it's 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 physically taxing. I mean, do you see all the cupping um, bruises yeah. he has? Like he is banged up and I get it, but that that's just his best path if threes aren't falling. Yeah, and I mean, he can't hit a, he can't hit a three to save his life in the series. He also missed a bunch of free throws, which was not, great either missed five free throws um but yeah i mean otherwise it's exactly what we want otherwise you know taking that away i mean it's exactly what we wanted after game five i mean he had eight assists he had one turnover and he got to the rim more and that's kind of what we were talking about and to to riff on some of the online discourse that's been happening that i think me both me and you have been engaging in 
you know, it's, you know, the Mavericks have to play this way and they, people are going to look at this game and be like, ah, we'll see. This is like what happens when Luca isn't hogging the ball. And I'm, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm pretty sure his usage rate for this game is going to be just as high as it's been in all the previous games. So it's not a mat, you know, people just kind of get deceived when they see guys making shots and they think that the, you know, Luca's giving up the ball more. And I mean, yeah, he, he did, you know, there is a difference between last night and tonight, you know, they, they run a much crisper offense and he, Luca did move the ball more, but at the end of the day, he still has, he's the one moving the ball. Like it's, he still has the ball in his hands almost the whole game because that's how they built the roster. I mean, they yeah. built the roster like Bullock, Finney Smith, Kleba, Dwight Powell, everyone on this roster besides Brunson and, and, uh, uh, Dinwiddie are either standstill spot up shooters or you know rim runners like that's the roster the Mavericks yep. looked at Luca and were like man this guy's awesome in the pick and roll and he creates three-point shots like no you know like like LeBron does all right let's build so how are we going to build around him all right well let's maximize those gifts and they've done it to an almost extreme level you know you'd like been like I don't think the Mavericks are going to win a title with Luca having a 40 usage rate in the playoffs yep. but this is the team they built and they yep. kind of have to ride this win or lose uh, with tweaks in between like they're de- like I'm not trying to say they played the same way they played in game five that's ludicrous like and obviously there's room to criticize Luca because of you know the way he his disposition in game five was not where it needed to be and it, and it was here in game six so we just need to frame that conversation within a bigger one uh, that I think some people are missing uh, because it's it's getting it, it got a little weird, I feel like the last you know, the last twenty four hours or so. I mean so it I got weird on the that. broadcast where Mark Jones, <laughs> I don't know, like where he started talking about like, well, the the ceiling to Luca's style of play. And it's like I understand these criticisms, but when my when my discussions back, and these are with people like Bomani Jones for some reason engages with me. He's one of the smartest people in sports, and he's just like, Well, I don't think that Luca makes guys good the same way LeBron makes people good. And I'm like, okay, so are we are we really putting Luca on that level? That's interesting. That's one point of discussion for me. I think he plays like 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 LeBron, but no, I don't have him as a top five NBA player of all time right now. Sorry. Wild take. Um and I don't really understand this level of like like interest where it's like when we make these these I don't want to like say they're complaints, but when the Mavericks have essentially played the same roster, give or take a shooting guard for three and a half years, what are we doing here? Like that, <laughs> you know, I I I went into the Suns versus the Mavericks like draft pedigree. Now once you're in the league, it doesn't really matter. Dorian Finney-Smith is kind of proof of that. But the Suns have four guys in their starting lineup that are. Uh, lottery picks the Mavericks have one player in the in their starting lineup that's a lottery pick they have three players in their rotation that are first round picks like it <laughs> what happens if Luca plays with really good players <laughs> like and I'm this is not a slight to the players that they have I, I really mean that but it's just it's like this is it's it, it gets to be a really strange discussion and I don't know how to have it with people because if you play differently, if you take the ball out of Luca's hands earlier in the season, the Mavericks don't finish as the fourth seed. They finish as the seventh seed or the play-in tournament, and then the same fucking people are sitting here telling me that Luca's not doing enough. I love having these conversations because I think it's fun. And there are some really valid arguments. Luka Doncic needs to play off the ball better. He does. Like, there's just – they need to make him the role man. 
They need to make him set screens. They need to make him cut. They need to make him do this. I'm saying this now. But now is not the time to have that conversation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they can't do anything with it right now. I mean, there's, there's, there's no other way. And, and then where there's nuance in criticizing him is, look, when you, when you concede that he's always going to have the ball in his hands with this specific roster – then you can kind of do some micro criticisms and, and be like, okay, well, if he's going to have the ball in his hands all the time, which he has to because there's not really much of an alternative, well, he needs to maybe not settle for as many step backs. He needs to do a better job getting into the paint uh, and that that kind of thing, which is what he didn't do in game five. And he just kept getting switched. Biombo and Aiton kept getting switched onto him and he just kept launching step backs and he just couldn't get to the rim. So like that's where you kind of couch your criticism, not like – Oh well, they need to take the ball like they need to take the ball out of his hands more, and his te- and, and he needs to trust his teammates. It's like no, it's not that he just needs to play better himself w- with the possessions that he has, yep. which don't change game to game. He's he's got the same. Pretty sure he's thirty seven to forty usage rate after every game in this series. So yep. like it's just like what are we talking about here? Like he's well, gonna he, he like look at the roster. Like this is how they have to play. There's also this element of that when the 23-year-old Luka Doncic is the 27-year-old Luka Doncic, I think he will have a different feel for the game in that there is at least five possessions a game where I go, Luka, why did you do that? (laughs) Yeah. And he, like, basketball is surgery to Luka. Once he figures out what works, teams are in trouble. I mean, he had two dunks tonight. We haven't talked about that. Like he was, he was in his bag eventually, but it took a while for him to get there. He has yet to play, in my opinion, the start to finish. Holy shit, Luca game that we've seen at least once a playoffs. That could be coming next. Yeah, that's what that's what you got to be worried about if you're a Suns fan. Because oh, I mean, God. thank God he's on our team. I know. I mean, this is this is crazy. This is fourth fourth straight game for him. I mean, he obviously, you know, like I said, there's nuance, but still. Mm-hmm. Taking a look back at a, at a larger view, this is his fourth straight game under 50% and under 30% from three. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Mavericks are going to a game seven against best team league. Like, what are the, what's going to happen if he has one of those games where he makes seven threes? Right. Uh, he comes out and hits two early threes, and the Suns basically have to break their defensive plan. What yeah. Happens? Like, yeah. Like, that could happen. So, yeah. yeah that's. That's what we get to think. Well, about let's do on this. Days. And because yeah. we have a couple of days between games, I want to talk to you again and think about what you're, okay. you know, kind of, cause you, I'm sure you're going to write something. And I always like talking to you after you write something. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be back. You know, I'll probably have Moneyball minute. I was so tired last night. I've granted part of this is like you and I laughing. Like we're just too old for this shit. Like yeah, realistically, but, but it's fun. And we've aged we out before. of blog, blog, blogger age. age yeah. And sure. the, but this is a great time. Like I'm, I'm like, it's much more fun after a win, like these mm-hmm. back and forths. But, you know, we'll have some more content up. I, I went to bed last night at like 930, and I've been doing these Moneyball Minutes just to point people in the directions of the story. I just forgot. I woke up at like 7, and I was like, <laughs> And then I, I've been trying to record them in the mornings when I get up real early. But my wife let me sleep in because she knew I wasn't feeling very good. I was like, man. And then I just kind of started my day, got this idiot puppy who is a shark. Um, anyhow. All right, guys, Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. We'll be back. Um, if we're not back before the game, we'll definitely be back after game seven. Thanks for hanging out. Tell your friends, like, subscribe, do all that wonderful stuff, and everyone have a great weekend. We'll see you Sunday.